Hello, you're listening to Freelance Mum, the mother of all juggling acts, with me, Faye Dicker. And me, Laura Rawlings. We're joined today by Ryan Barnett, the Economic Policy Advisor at Ipsy, and a man who is incredibly busy at the moment, trying to make sense of what funds are available to help the self-employed. Ryan, before we go into what help is available, I'd like to know a little bit more about what you are currently doing on a day-to-day basis. It was lovely to hear that Ipsy were personally thanked by the Chancellor only yesterday. Um, How is your day-to-day world now working for you? It's super busy. I mean, yeah, it was amazing to hear the Chancellor say, you know, it was thanked us live on air, which also we weren't expecting. Um, I helped put a proposal together last week, which looked a bit like this scheme, actually. So it was quite nice. And we have had some conversations with government about the scheme, um, which is why he thanked us. Which is So it's amazing for that work to be recognised. Day to day. So I've done three days this week where I've got up at six to go on the on the radio um I've done about five interviews this morning or was it six um <laughs> and we've had I think about a hundred queries per kind of inbox including Twitter uh website briefly crashed um after the chances announcement so we're doing a lot of work on trying to iron out some of the confusion mm. um I did a radio phone in call yesterday on LBC that was 45 minutes long and I had to correct myself for a previous answer that I gave because some of this stuff is is actually quite tough to get to grips with um even Mm. us experts supposedly so yeah it's busy (laughs) well all we can say is thank you from you know on behalf of the freelance mum community and the self-employed community for working so hard at it it was some of some of what we what we heard yesterday was reassuring but there are still some queries later on in this we're going to be bringing in um zoe whitman who is an accountant but the books um and she represents a lot of the freelance mum community and the small business community so we'll bring her into us some more technical details but what i'd like to hear is what is your initial reaction to the announcements that were made yesterday so as i said we we were asked for a a fund for the whole self-employed community that looked a lot like what's been announced so in one sense, we were quite pleased and quite proud. However, it doesn't cover everyone. And some of the problems which we identified when we put that proposal to government around maternity gaps, maternity pay, someone that's become self-employed in the last six months or even last few weeks. I know someone that's become self-employed in the last few weeks and they haven't got any answers. And we don't know about those other kinks in the system. And how universal credit might interact with it as well is a concern. And then the big one, which is limited companies basically won't be covered by the scheme. Um, So what is available for them? Uh, Can you furlough yourself? All those questions. It's going to take a while to get around to answering some of this stuff. So actually, it'd be really good if you would just kind of summarise for us as best you can, just the, the sort of two key differences there, actually. So those people who are limited companies and in essence, what it means for them, and then those people who are self-employed and just the, the difference between what's on offer for them. Right. So the easy bit, if you're <laughs> a, sole, a sole trader and you're self-employed um, and your net profits um for 2018 19 and beforehand if you can hand in more than one tax return for being self-employed um equates to less than 50 grand in that one year and you're still operating as a sole trader you are entitled to up to 2500 
pounds um, per month, which will be uh, given to you in a, in a grant, they think, at the start of June. You will not have to directly apply for that. You will be contacted by the government directly by letter and or email. And then that will provide some sort of application code and then you'll have to go into a system, claim it, and then you'll get the money. Mm. Um, and that's provided that that is 51% of your income. So if you were employed yes. elsewhere, it's what you have to earn the majority through being self-employed. Indeed, indeed. Um, and then the hard bit, yeah, if you're, if you're a limited uh, director company, you um, basically can't access this scheme, sadly. Uh, however, you have the options of a combination of potentially, according to the government's own language, you may have access to the um, job retention scheme for employees. So you can furlough yourself, that new word furlough that's come over from the United <laughs> States. Um, and you have a, you have access to all the, the loan schemes and you could p- apply for universal credit, which I believe I mentioned the last time I was on your podcast, has a lot of different problems connected to it. Uh, mm. So it's, it's a, it's, I think Duncan Weldon from The Economist said it was a bit of a B or a B plus mm. um, kind of scheme because it doesn't cover everyone. And there are some definite problems. Zoe Whitman, yeah. I know you've been picking your way through lots of elements of this and you did a fantastic flow chart um, and popped it up um, on Facebook earlier today, which was really helpful. I'm sure you've got lots of questions that you've been chewing over you'd like to put to Ryan. Please do fire away now. Yeah. It, hello, Ryan. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it's good to hear that the experts are finding this as difficult to work with <laughs> as the sort of self-employed community is. Um, I think, we, well, Faye, Laura and I were having a chat yesterday and the, the big questions we've had were around the directors. And mm. you raised this point about furloughing, being able to furlough yourself as a director. So I can see that if you are the sole director of a company, so you've, you're just basically a, a freelancer trading through a limited company and your work has dried up, it sounds like those people will be able to furlough themselves and then claim 80% of their salary. But what do you think about the fact that those people will probably want to carry on doing some level of marketing so that when things pick up again, they're going to be able to go back into business? Couldn't we, I mean, people who are furloughed who are working for other employers aren't going to be doing any work at all. That's one of the requirements, isn't it? Those people won't be able Mm. to work. So can we really truly argue that those directors would not be working at all? It, that is a big grey area. As you said, mm. um, if you're an employee that, you know, if you and apply those stipulations to this um, way of working, you would you, you could argue that they shouldn't be. But you have a business to keep going. So if you're say if you're a small business owner, you run a pub. Right. Are you are you going to keep paint? If something needs painting, for instance, are you going to keep the business kind of ticking over you know you're going to fill in certain forms that need to be filled in around a council tax for instance business rates like those sorts of things will still be kicking over so why can't you question point one point two if you're a sole trader um the government specifically said they want you to keep working so a you can because of you know you're allowed to but actually the, the government which has sort of got lost in the discourse is actually wants you to keep working and the reason for that is because the one example that keeps get, being given if there is an old couple and their boiler packs in and there's a self-employed person that can go around to fix it, that should still go ahead because those people could be affected and they'll be indoors alone. So does that apply for directors as well? It's a big question. Okay. That's interesting. Because, 
that's something that's coming up as well. You know, uh, people are coming back saying, well, um, the self-employed can carry on working. Why can they almost get like a windfall when uh, the directors are only able to claim 80% of a minimal salary? Because generally directors are on low salaries and then they're taking the difference through dividends, which they probably mm. won't see this year. So that is still something that needs clearing up, isn't it? But I think reassuring to hear from you that you think that sole directors would potentially be able to furlough themselves and at least claim 80% of whatever their salary was. That's something, isn't it? Yeah, I hope so. But I mean, I don't want to keep, give you false hope, but it looks that way. We need to, we need the detail from government, basically. Yeah, I think mm. something else that's coming out of this um, is that employers are going to be able to get support with their staff that they're furloughing, but only for the staff that they would be making completely redundant. There are going to be a lot of people that mm. they are able to offer shorter hours to. Um, so they, there's a difficult decision for employers to make here. Do they lay, let's say they've got two members of staff, they could either keep those two staff on who might have different skill sets and give them part-time hours, so perhaps working 50% of what they normally would to keep them both doing some work, or they'd have to choose one to lay off and then claim 80% of that person's salary. So that's that's a difficult question that keeps coming up as well yeah and again i mean can you completely lay yourself off going back to your original question um are you you know and the the dividends as you said most people only pay themselves i think the average is about eight grand a year in um in P, in paye yeah or, um and then trying to stay under the employer's national insurance threshold yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so Oh, there's a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> uh, it feels as though there's still this gaping hole with limited companies, um, and that's the one. And I, I'm saying this because I fall into it, but when the, that seems to be a, a very big gap there, um, and it feels a bit unfair, if I'm honest. Um, it, it feels really very generous and very supportive of sole traders. And right now, I, I wish that I was a, a sole trader because I'd be in a much better position it's really hard because you don't want to sound bitter because the generosity is there and it's great um and there is this fantastic spirit um and camaraderie right now in the country so i don't want to look too much like well if there's something going wrong you know i want it as well um but ultimately limited companies have been paying their taxes and it'd be nice to feel that there was if there was something available to help us that we should benefit as well yeah i mean the the whole dividends pay thing as well. There's, there's, there's a bit of a stigma, and I, it's come up in a couple of interviews where someone said, "Yeah, but they're, you know, the self-employed, um, basically implying there's a lot of tax evasion going on." And we've all heard stories of people being ca- paid cash in hand. But with the dividends situation, that is perfectly legal. Your your financial advisor will probably tell you to do it, and yet people won't be making any money. There's also this idea that anyone that has a limited company is earning, as a, as a section, they're earning a lot of money. And I've seen on Twitter all the journalists kicking off because um, it's implied that all the, the journalists are on average wages of like 200 grand. But if you're a journalist, you go work for a local paper or even like The Guardian, you're probably not on that amount of money. Probably more like 18 grand if it's a local paper. And I've well, seen exactly. some who've actually, you know, use this as a time to make cuts to what they pay their, <laughs> the people who work for them. So, yeah, it's a massive, mm. massive difference in I think well, the other thing that's being overlooked is that a lot of directors are taking small salaries because they're using money to employ other people. So they're actually, they're, they're doing a great thing in the economy by creating work for others uh, mm. and then out themselves oh yeah sorry when do do you think so obviously where's it i know that you know it's all 
we've got to wait until June. But in terms of teasing out some of these details from the work that, you know, you've been doing through Ipsy and, you know, having these conversations with the Chancellor and his team to date, how, how do, where do we go forwards from here? Do you keep having these conversations and lobbying and flagging up the problems? And when could people expect some sort of um, answers and clarity? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, our job is to, you know, keep pushing at the government. And when we had those negotiations, we tried to point out a lot of these things to him in in, per, in person and also in the original proposal. Um, and that will continue. In terms of, I mean, we've got a fact page, which uh, my colleague Alistair is diligently uploading uh, an update of today. He is we're really cracking away with as much information as possible. We get a lot of requests and we're going to try and put um, as many answers there to the questions out as possible in the next couple of days. And we'll keep doing that. In terms of the government, it took them about two weeks, well, it took them a week, right? God, it feels a lot longer than that, to put out the information around the employment scheme. I reckon this will take a little bit longer than that. And there isn't parliament to directly scrutinise it. But once it's out there, I mean, when they announced they were going to put together a loan scheme with um, that you didn't have to pay interest on for six months, that got torn apart within about three days and then mm. got pushed back to a year. The government are listening, fair play to them, and they've you know changed I-35 uh, rollout date and things like that. So I think in due course, the government will have to do something to fill some of these gaps. And I think the particular one, you've got the date, so the June issue, what are people going to do between now and then? That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. The second biggest thing is if you become self-employed in the last year, in any formulation, what do you do? Mm. Um, there needs that... to be a way for people to submit their accounts for 1920 quickly. Mm. But- um, people who haven't submitted their 1819 tax returns have been given four weeks from yesterday mm. to submit them. So that's actually after the end of the financial year. So why can't people submit their 1920 accounts within that same time frame, or let's say by the end of April, for those accounts to be considered? Um, I realise that people who are also on payroll are going to be wait. They won't have their P60s, but they could. There's going to be a way to estimate or put figures in. You know, just to get mm. something filed. So that's. That feels to me like a reasonable response so that those people aren't missed. Precisely. I mean, and when you look at the employment scheme, it's your average, it's your wage from February that's going to be replicated, right? So why can't you do something for the self-employed? If you become a cab driver in November, for instance, why can't you give an average of your earnings every month and then get calculated that way? Hmm. Can I just ask, Ryan, is it still the case that um, HMRC will be contacting us and letting us know what to do or do we contact them? Yeah, you will be contacted by the government. Um, the government are going to write to you if you are eligible. As for universal credits, who who claims who's entitled to benefit from from that? Okay. Um, well, we that's we're getting a lot of questions about that as well. Um, we've had previous dealings with the government around something called the minimum income floor that was removed. So we do try and keep up with it, but you know, in, in normal times, it's a system that's coming through a lot of criticism for a lot of different reasons. The so universal credit, if you or your partner has up to sixteen thousand pounds savings and even eight thousand pounds savings, that will, if you have sixteen thousand pounds in savings, that will stop you being able to apply. Um, but if you have less than that, but you still have some savings, that will affect how much you can claim. You can claim up to about five thousand pounds for actual employment relief, but there's housing and other things on top which can bring that up. Uh, and the government have basically increased how much you can get by about twenty percent in the last couple of weeks. That will apply for basically anyone that's, I mean, the limited company directors should be able to apply for that. 
Um, obviously, and anyone waiting on the scheme as a sole trader could also apply for that. However, the big problem, there's a five week wait, which the government are keeping in place. Wow. And the other thing that, you know, I've heard other people talking about just throwing in the mix, but I'm aware that some people who've had maternity during the time as well, whose earnings have been affected are also kind of trying to get their head around what this means for them and, uh, you know, which bit of their yearbook gets looked at in terms of what help they might get as self-employed um i think yeah yeah, which i know you'll take forwards and it's good to know that you're going back and having these conversations as you have been already ryan we will let you go because we know that you are well you and the prime minister you're among the the busiest people at the moment (laughs) with all the rounds of interviews you're doing um thank you so much for joining us i know anyone who wants to keep up to date with the latest ipsy is doing just take a look at their website as you mentioned ryan you're putting lots of details and information there for people so it's a lot to take in thank you for joining us ryan barnett economic policy advisor thank you and also zoe whitman as well um who's also been digesting all the latest updates and sharing useful info via but the books um our accountant thank you very much zoe really good to have you here with us as well thanks for listening to freelance mum remember there's loads more podcasts and exciting content at freelance Corner k.uk and you can also meet lots of other freelancers subscribe like and share from whichever platform you get your podcast from and join us next week as we speak to another expert on an issue that's important to you thanks for listening bye, bye.